may I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Today's gospel starts the beginning of the good news. What is good? What is happening? Our readings today have interesting intersection with our Advent journey. This journey, as Amber mentioned last week, is multidimensional. We look back, we look forward, we look around in our current landscape. Isaiah and our gospel reading declare, prepare the way of the Lord. At the time of Isaiah, Israel has been exiled exiled for roughly 150 years, a time of ongoing communal disaster for the people of God. In the time of Mark's writing, roughly 40 years after the resurrection, not exile, but division, religious, ethnic, economic, adversarial isolations one from another, involving highly charged emotions. Perhaps there are ways in our present day we can dial into the similarities of cultural landscape we see in Isaiah and Mark. Currently, we have violent separations and tensions regarding race, ethnicity, and sexuality, as well as great tension on the political landscape. How do these readings and awareness of our current cultural landscape enlighten us as we sit in this second Sunday of Advent? Well, we have darkness and need. Our Advent wreath tangibly shows us more light, more hope. But in the midst of this hope, we have a problem, a problem we cannot solve, sin, which is a big deal. Sin shows us our limitations. We are helpless. We have a problem we cannot solve. Our solution lies outside of ourselves. We share this with both the contemporaries of Isaiah and Mark. Both of these audiences were waiting, for them and for us. Waiting is not a passive endeavor. It is active, perhaps even aggressive. The words of both the Old and New Testament are profound and a bit disorienting today. There is description of landscape literally in the exhortation of the how of waiting. Prepare the way of the Lord. The landscape of this exhortation is wilderness, desert, valley, hill. And what is to happen to this landscape? It is to be transformed, a highway for our God, made into a plain as valleys are raised and mountains are brought low. Aggressive, perhaps violent change in the shape of the landscape. Change we are exhorted to take part in. What's the outcome? Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. This is all terribly abstract at first glance, but may help us as we consider the conceptual concepts involved. Wilderness and desert, mountains and valleys, these are not easy terrains to cross. In a wilderness, we may easily get lost or immobilized because we cannot see through the trees. Valleys and mountains challenge us not only by terrain, but by changes in elevation. These may be steep or even have cliffs. There is danger, risk. We hear from Isaiah that every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, 
in the rough places a plain. When we contrast the, the landscape of a plain with that of wilderness, mountains, and valleys, we see the work of change. A plain is an open space. Have you ever driven through Iowa? East to west, as you cross it, it is a vast, flat land, open space. On a plane, we can see where we are and where we are going, and we are all on the same level. Traversing a plane is not harder or easier for anyone, because all are equal. That is the punchline of our cultural landscape. In the hope and waiting of Advent, are we helping to create a plane, an even playing field for all that are around us, communal contribution instead of the experience of communal disaster, a corporate consideration for us. On a, pers on a personal level, we must consider our interior landscape. By interior landscape, I mean our personal convictions, perceptions, our emotional, mental, and spiritual lives, our deep places of terrain. Where must we be built up? Where must we be brought low? What needs change and transformation within us? How do we know we are even moving in the right direction? The Psalms help us. Psalm 18 speaks of deliverance and provision in this word picture. God brought me out into an open place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. As we relate to God on the plain in contrast to being in our interior wilderness, we can see and we can be seen. There is exposure to God and to ourselves. This demands work and courage. No hiding in the open place. Our work in the hope and waiting of Advent personally is coming out of the wilderness of our own coping or hiding or survival and trusting God who sees and saves. Isaiah continues to apprise us as we hear God's nature in contrast to our own. All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amid this talk of landscape, though we take part in making plain, making a plane both communally and personally, we also encounter our limitations, our need of help. We are like grass. God is not. With God, there is certainty of fulfillment of promise, even if it has not come to us yet. The magnitude of need we have and the provision God has given to us is amazing. It is so big, the psalmist in today's reading had to express concepts as acting and being animated. Here again from our psalm for today. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. The truth for us in Advent is that we are limited. We need help. Because of sin, we have a problem we cannot solve. This is a hard truth. But God meets this truth with mercy. Mercy is a multifaceted word. It involves compassion and pity. It is an emotional response to a need that provokes movement to provide a solution. So God meets our limitation emotionally. The God of the universe has an emotional response to us meeting us with compassion and pity. God's mercy and our truth have met together. It implies they had been apart, separated. But now, now that is not the case. 
mercy and truth have met. The separation has been addressed and accounted for. The outcome, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. That's a little perplexing. Righteousness, that which is morally aligned, congruent, straight instead of haphazard, and peace, implying freedom, have kissed. We echo back to that plane again, that level ground that is smooth. Congruence, freedom, are intimately engaged. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. The wide lens of this is the following verse of the psalm. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. There is mutual reaching that meets. Truth reaching up, our state of need, and righteousness, God's internal congruence, sameness which cannot be contradicted, reaching down. God is, without violation to God's character, reaching to us and providing for us through God's emotional response to our need. Mutual reaching, truth and righteousness. The waiting of Advent, the hope of Advent, involves action and work, as well as trust and hope. We need to tame our communal and personal wilderness and take part in building a plain and come into a broad place, an open place. We need to reach for God, as we see today, God is reaching for us. And God is reaching, even if we don't feel it, can't see it, are unaware of it as we journey through the darkness of Advent. So let us prepare the way of the Lord and wait with intentionality, action, trust, hope, and perhaps even aggressively, as we see is needed in our abstract example of participating in changing landscape today. Amen.